Startle us, O God, with your truth. Reveal to us the mysteries of your scriptures. Enliven us with words of your love and faith and hope. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are on the third Sunday of Advent, a little less than two weeks before Christmas. It is an, an unusual year, to say the least, but we are making our preparations as best we can, hanging the decorations, sending gifts, making tough decisions about how we will spend Christmas. I hope you have been preparing your spiritual side as well. Worshiping together like this is one of the ways that we do that. We at Knox Church have prepared a number of opportunities for you to engage in spiritual enrichment this season. Nonetheless, for some of us, it has been hard to get immersed in the things of Advent. I know that. And I'll share a way that it's been hard for me. One of the commitments I made this month is to attend an Advent Bible study with some other ministers. We meet every Monday afternoon via Zoom. Last week, a question came up. How are families in your congregation doing with Advent? One of the ministers on that call spoke up rather quickly and confidently an older pastor who I suspect doesn't have children of her own at home. She said, The families in my congregation are doing just fine with the practices of Advent. At least, she said, the families who are being intentional about it. It's a good thing I was muted because I laughed out loud. Intentional about the practices of Advent this year? I'm the pastor of a congregation. I am supposed to be a spiritual leader by example. And I have been feeling like a real failure when it comes to the practices of Advent. Not just lately, but months ago, my children lost interest in virtual church. It was right about the time that fatigue of virtual school set in. The family Sunday school resources that we get from Knox in the mail, they are terrific when we do them. But sometimes I cannot get my kids excited about anything that sounds like more school with Dad. As for the in-person family activities we held at Knox in the fall, I know they were awesome. But my kids missed both of them. Because on one day, Teddy had a runny nose, and the day before the other, when Charlie threw up, and you don't go to a church activity or any activity these days if you've got illness in your house. So I've been feeling like a bit of a failure this Advent when it comes to religion in the home. I don't know what kind of parents that other pastor has in her congregation, but they must be doing a better job than me. I share those confessions openly because these are hard times. And I think it's important to name that. 
and to give ourselves a little grace and forgiveness where we need it. This is a good season to spend some time sharing good news and even small victories wherever we can. We need to encourage one another. The prophet Isaiah was especially good at this. I suspect some of us think of the Old Testament prophets as finger-wagging lecturers, telling people all the things they've done wrong. In fact, on many occasions, prophets were the ones encouraging everyone else. They had a way of naming the hardships they saw people experiencing and reminding people that God was on their side, hard at work leading us to better days ahead. So in today's lesson, Isaiah says to them, The Lord has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Isaiah knew that his people were struggling and needed some good news, and he gave it to them. No question about it. 2020 has been a difficult year, and the hard news continues to pile up. And yet, I have not been surprised, but I have been deeply moved over and over again to see the way that our church has risen to the occasion. And I want to remind you of some good news. We have acted in new and creative ways in 2020 to keep bringing vital worship to our Knox community. And we are so blessed that so many of you have continued to participate. We've kept making music to the glory of God Singers who thought they could only sing shoulder to shoulder have learned to do it at 10 feet of distance, wearing a mask, and even online. We've commissioned two new choral anthems this year, and we were graced by new compositions by our own members of the Fresh Spirit service. We began a new prayer ministry this year called Abide to pray for one another. One of the people who joined that ministry said she was inspired to do it because years ago she received a card from our Wednesday morning prayer group. That's a powerful witness to the legacy of those Wednesday morning prayers, many of whom have been sheltering in place ever since March. God is still working through you. In a year... When news of racism in our country has been so deeply troubling, we've discovered a regrettable story in our own church's history. Instead of ignoring that story, we stepped toward it, we confessed it, we gathered to talk about it, and we have started a racial justice ministry so that we can build on the good work that is at the heart of our church. We have rediscovered the gift of our outdoor spaces in 2020, meeting there for worship and education, safely enjoying our new courtyard area, and offering art displays and prayer opportunities to our neighbors as they pass by. 
I keep receiving messages from people I don't even know. They thank us for encouraging them in their faith in these times when they need it so much. Over at Third Presbyterian Church, where for years they have dreamt of a safe place for children to play, in 2020 that dream became a reality with a new playground, basketball court, and community garden. The neighbors tell us that just to walk by and see it is a reminder that their neighborhood matters. Knox was able to be a part of making that happen. Our children keep learning the gospel, and our youth program continues to thrive in times when young people are so starved for connection with one another. They have logged on or masked up and sat at a distance, and youth attendance has actually grown this year. In a time when there is deep need in the community around us, our giving has gone way up. Through special appeals, our mission giving has gone up this year by more than 50%. 50, five, zero. And that is to say nothing of the mask making and the sandwich making and the food deliveries and the hygiene products and the backpacks and the Christmas gifts. Thank you. When we stop to think about it, when we name the hurt of these days, but when we also spend some time giving thanks for the good news, we realize that in all kinds of ways we are still God's people. After that clergy Bible study this week, I joked with a friend about my reaction to that other pastor and the intentional families in her congregation. He laughed and said he suspected plenty of faithful families probably looked a lot more like mine this year. And he gave me a manageable, doable challenge. I want to share it with you. Do just one thing, he said. Do one thing for Advent, and remember that it's never too late to start. Choose one thing that works for you or for your family for Advent and try to get that one thing done. And see the beauty in the small stuff. We have been doing some things, my family. We keep reminding our kids that these weeks before Christmas are the Sundays in Advent, waiting not just for Santa, but for Jesus to come. I play lots of Christmas carols in the house. Not just Rudolph and Frosty, but Hark the Herald and Away in a Manger. I remind them of the Christmas stories in the Bible, and I give them little quizzes along the way. What were those three gifts again? Why did they have to lay Jesus in a manger? I don't ask these questions because these details are the primary articles of faith, but because I believe that there is value in Christian children knowing the stories. Maybe this was our one thing this week. We made our ornaments for the big prayer tree in the Knox courtyard. We reminded our children that they are fortunate 
And they got out their markers and they made ornaments remembering people who are homeless and who are hungry. We walked down to the church with our ornaments one evening, pushing and shoving the entire way because that's our love language these days. One at a time, I lifted them on my shoulders so that they could hang their ornament high up on the tree. And while I had them stranded up there, we said a one-line prayer together. And then we ran around the courtyard like animals, and one of them had a small meltdown when he decided that the hot cocoa was too hot. It was a great night. All around us in the church courtyard that night were the beautiful decorations that had been prepared by Knox volunteers. Garland along the railings, little white lights, which are supposed to remind us of the oil lamps of ancient days, a glowing mantle of brightness on the walls of our church, God's house, standing against the darkness of the street beyond. The prophet Isaiah said, this is what God means to give us, a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. This is what God is doing. During this year of being physically apart, one of the Knox members we have lost was Barbara Kautz. Gone on to glory at age 96, Barbara joined Knox Presbyterian Church in 1957. Up until just a couple of years ago, Barbara and her husband Walter were still in worship every Sunday. Barbara spoke to me personally after worship every week. She was a person of strong opinions who knew how to dig in her heels. But many weeks, our, con our conversation was a testimony to the human ability to change. She told me time and time again how strongly she had opposed the Fresh Spirit service until it began. And now she couldn't imagine Knox without it. It's good to be reminded in these days of uncertainty about our capacity to change and grow. Barbara used to talk to me about a variety of subjects. Sometimes she'd be full of praise and other times quite pointed in her critiques. But the common thread was the end. Always the same, always shared with love. Each week I knew our conversation was at an end because she would look me in the eye, smile and wink, and she would say, be of good cheer. And then as quickly as she had appeared, she was gone. These, these are difficult days. The darkness always seems to be gathering, and the threats and disappointments are all around us. But we will never be abandoned, for God loves us. And our God expects no perfection from us, just hope and a willingness to keep on going. There are signs of hope if we're willing to look for them.